Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church, North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Great to see you all. Uh, Blessing to be with you this morning. Excited for everything that God is doing here. Uh, This is all God's thing. God's doing some amazing things and we're excited uh, for all that God is doing. And uh, I have found that the secret to a blessed life is to partner with God. Just partner with God and good things begin to happen. And so this is what this has been. It's a great God story and we're excited to be here with you today. I'm excited to share with you from the Word of God. this series that we've been doing here in North County, also in South County, and where do we go from here? Uh, I, I want to apply it in a, in a slightly different way uh, this afternoon because uh, I don't know if you are aware of this, but the month of May is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, it has been so since 1949. So back in 1949, our government recognized that there was an unspoken need out in the community. And there was a lot of mental health issues that were unspoken. And it's amazing to me that 70-some years later in the church, we don't talk about the need for mental health. We need to do a better job as a church to remove the stigma from mental health. Because, you know, physical health... You can see when something's wrong. You can see when something's not right. But mental health is tricky because on the surface, folks look good. They're smiling. They're dressed nice. and Everything looks good. But on the inside, there's a turmoil. And if undetected, if untreated, if unsupported, it can wear you down. And... uh, one of the greatest responsibilities of a church, our church, your church, this church, is to be a hospital for people, for the hurting to come. And so as we think about that, this series lends itself to talk about those moments, those moments of desperation, those moments of hopelessness, those moments when even when you do everything you know to do right, things still don't work out. And uh, can I just be real with you this morning? I'm not here to impress anybody or to good points I'm not here for a check thank God I don't need it I want to just share my heart with you because God wants to take this church deeper storms and winds will come and the only thing that holds you is if you're rooted if you have a connection with God that upholds you Uh, one of the benefits of living in Southern California is we don't get those horrible hurricanes people get in the east. Have you ever seen those those newscasts of the hurricanes and the the palm trees are like with the wind, just 100 mile hour wind. The only reason they can stand is because they're deeply rooted. As deep as the palm trees, so are deep as the roots. If you're shallow root, we we won't make it. So we got to get rooted today. So I want to preach about that. A little heavy, but we need it. All right? If you are open, 
to God speaking to your heart. If you're open to God giving you the strength you need in your mind to get through this season, would you lift your hands towards heaven? God has a word for you today. Would you take a deep breath and just position your heart, position your spirit for God to speak to you today. This is not a coincidence. You're here. Lord Jesus, we come before you today. We give you praise. We thank you because you are the almighty God. We thank you because you've been with us through the storms and through the rain. We thank you, God, that you're faithful. We thank you that you care about my needs. We're thankful that you don't forget about us in our moments of despair. So I pray today, God, anybody feeling left out, anybody feeling like they don't belong, anybody feeling rejected, anybody feeling broken, my God, you're here for them. So speak to our hearts. Draw us close to you today. And for all that in advance, we give you praise. We declare this in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody say, in Jesus' name, give God a big praise one more time for his goodness. And you may be seated. Where do we go from here? The purpose of the series is to talk about those moments, not when everything goes well, but to talk about those moments in life where things don't go well. And the reality is that life can be tough. Life can sometimes be unfair. Bad things sometimes happen to good people for no apparent reason. Even when you feel like you're doing everything you're supposed to do, sometimes things don't work out. And let me just tell you right now, failure is far more common than success. And life is not always going to be fair. Life is just tough sometimes. Anybody lived enough to know that life is sometimes just not fair? Oh, you guys are all the lucky ones. Okay, I got the wrong crowd. All right, we're going to get real, so get real with me. So life by itself, just by itself, as the world turns, life is tough. Life can be unfair. On top of that, factor in the fact that there is an enemy that is trying to steal, kill, and destroy anything good or worthwhile in your life. Anything you find dear or precious, anything important to you, anything you've worked hard to get, anything good in your life, you've got to understand every day there is an enemy trying to destroy that trying to rip that apart oh i love my i love my baby i love my i love my husband well he's trying to destroy that i love my kids he's trying to destroy that i love my job he's trying to destroy that every day there is an enemy trying to steal kill and destroy so so life is tough by itself at an enemy that is evil but not dumb and he goes after us and a lot of times the the way the enemy attacks is through our mind because as much as he's evil, he's not dumb, and he knows the Bible. How many know the devil knows the Bible? Come on, he quoted it to Jesus, the audacity. So the enemy knows that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Everything we do starts with a thought. Every action has roots in our mind. So, so how many know that when you're thinking good thoughts, you do good things? All right, good. How many have ever had, how many have you ever had bad thoughts that lead to bad actions? It's Sunday morning. We're going to confess this morning. <laughs> don't, don't get all holy on me now. I don't see no halos. And if you got a little holy, just fly away, little, and just fly away, fly away, fly away. For the rest of us real people. <laughs> 
Have you ever been angry? Well, some of you said that with passion. Like, I'm <laughs> mad right now. I was mad on the way to church this morning. You ever been mad and everything is bad? Like, every thought is evil? Like, you're looking, how do I get even? How do I make him pay? How do I make him suffer? How do I make him cry? Because when your thought is negative, your actions are impact. So the enemy knows if he can attack our mind, he can get you to do the bad things you wouldn't otherwise do on a good day. So that's why the enemy comes. And so, so life is tough. The enemy's tough. And so reality is that as we go through life, we will suffer setbacks. We're going to have rough days. We're going to have difficult moments. We're going to have times where, where our mind just feels squeezed, when we feel like our heart has nowhere to go. And, and so the question is not when that, if it's going to happen. The question is when that happens, how do we go from there? Like how do I overcome that season in my life? And, and thankfully, I, I love that the Bible doesn't just tell us good stories of good times. I found out that not only is God a God of the hills and the high moments and the good times, he's also the God of the valleys. He's got there and he's got here. And, and so let me talk about a little bit of one of those stories. So there's a story in the Bible I want to share with you today. In the book of Mark chapter 5. In the book of Mark chapter 5. And so the Bible says that there's a story about Jesus, how he was... Um, he, he was doing Jesus things. You know, Jesus was doing Jesus things. Uh, and as he's doing his thing, one day, uh, there's a man that's evil possessed. He's, he's, he's possessed by the devil. And, and Jesus heals him. Jesus delivers him. And, and so he does that. And then the Bible says that, uh, you know, after he does that, he gets on a boat. And he goes to the other side of the lake. And so here's what the Bible picks it up in Mark 5, 21. When Jesus had one, had Again, crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake. A large crowd. Everybody say a large crowd. They gathered around him while he was by the lake. So Jesus gets there. There's a crowd. And then as he gets there, as he gets off the boat, one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. Now mind, this is a big deal. Because the Jewish leaders didn't like Jesus. They actually despised Jesus. And this was early enough in the ministry where they hadn't yet seen how awesome Jesus really was. But they already saw him as a threat. So, so, so the, 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 the religious leaders, the priests, especially folks in the synagogue, they did not like Jesus. So it's a big deal that Jairus, being a leader of a synagogue, lays at his feet. And he pleads earnestly with him because all the fathers say amen. Because how many fathers know, how many mothers, all the moms say Amen. How many parents know that when your kids are in trouble, you do just about anything? You don't care what it is, who it is, what I got to do. That's for my baby. And, and so here's Jairus, a, a respected leader of a synagogue, a Jewish religious leader. And, and there's this animosity against Jesus. And I'm sure he didn't like Jesus. I'm sure he, he was part of the group trying to figure out what do we do with this crazy man? How do we get rid of him? Yet when his daughter was sick, I'm going to try Jesus. So he goes, lays at his feet, and he tells him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. For not liking Jesus, he had faith in Jesus. Because you know how people, when they're in trouble, all of a sudden, oh, Jesus. Anybody ever done that? I am in the church in months, but oh, Jesus, I need you now, God. Has Shekinah glory fall upon me right here, right now. And Jesus like, 
you look familiar. <laughs> Didn't like Jesus until he needed Jesus. Gets to his feet, says, Jesus, my baby girl is dying. Would you please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live? So Jesus went with him. So if you have a paper Bible, maybe even a digital Bible, you will see that at this part of chapter 5 of Mark, the heading is Jesus heals Jairus' daughter. That's the movie we're watching. Okay? That's what this story is about. Chapter 5 of Mark is about Jesus going to heal Jairus' daughter. That's where Jesus is going. That's what Jesus is doing. That's his role. That's his task in the moment. And so this is just a day in the life of Jesus. That's what he did. He preached, he healed, he delivered. He does this thing. Jesus is busy doing Jesus things. And all the people that are like Jesus, we ought to get busy doing Jesus things on a daily basis. And so Jesus is doing this thing. And so as Jesus is doing that, he says, okay, I'll go with you. So Jesus begins to walk. Here's Jairus next to him. And the crowd begins to form and gather following Jesus to Jairus' house. They're going to Jairus' house. And the Bible says, as that happens in verse 24, a, a, a large crowd followed and pressed around him so as Jesus gets off the boat people begin to gather because word had begun to spread about the things Jesus had done word stories that began to spread about the things Jesus had accomplished and so the crowd gets to, no, no, mind you, there's, there's no social media, right? There's, there's no Twitter, there's no Instagram. Jesus was like, hey, hey peeps, I'm going to heal. No, he, he's not doing, he's just being Jesus, we ought to just be Jesus once in a while. He was just being Jesus. No paparazzi, no social media, just being Jesus. So he's going with Jairus, going to his house. A crowd begins to gather because, you know, crowd always like to see what's going on. Uh, some of you might have been late this morning. I, almost, I barely made it to 930 service because there was an accident on the 78 freeway. And the accident was on that side of the freeway heading that way <laughs> but my side was stuck like the accidents on the other side why is my side stuck there's no accident here there's an accident there why does this side stop well some of you stop too why did you stop <laughs> why do we why do we stop because the crowd wants to see what's going on I'm not looking, babe. I'm not looking. I'm not, I'm not looking. <laughs> and invariably what happens as you're doing that is now you cause an accident on this side. Now we're both stuck. The crowd always likes to follow the action. So Jesus is walking. The crowd is gathering. And they begin to follow Jesus. So, so, so he's on his way. So as Jesus is doing this, the Bible says that there's, there's a woman on the side who was happened to just be sitting there. This woman is not part of the story. This is not about her. The movie is about Jesus going to Jairus' house. This is an extra on the side of the road. And as she's on the side of the road, there was this particular woman who's sitting there, just happened to be sitting there. She had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She has suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and has spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. So there's this woman 
in the crowd. I was not even in the crowd, on the side. The crowd's going this way. There's a woman on the side over here. And she had been sick for 12 years. She had been suffering for a long time. She was now broke. And after all that she had done, and let's assume for a second, she had done the right things. She wasn't neglectful. She didn't wait till the last minute. She'd gone to the doctor. She, she'd taken care of herself. She, she, she wasn't cheap with herself. She paid to get better. She went to every kind of doctor, every kind of specialist, everything. She, she tried everything she knew how to do. And after all that time, all that effort, all that stress, all that sweat, instead of getting better, she kept getting worse. You ever been there? Like you're doing everything right and things are getting worse? Like I'm doing, I'm going to church. I'm trying to stop drinking. I'm trying to stop this. I'm trying to stop that. And it seems like the closer I I get, the worse things get. Like how does this make sense? And she was in a desperate moment. She was in a hopeless moment. Everything was getting worse and worse in her life. She had spent everything she had. Her condition was getting worse. She was reaching a point of hopelessness in her life where she's like, there's nothing else I know how to do. There's nothing else I can do. I've tried everything I'm out of ideas, I'm out of options, I'm out of money, I'm out of health, I'm out of time. I I, I might as well crawl up right here on the side of the road and just die. Ever been in a place where you just want to, you know what, forget it. Nothing's working. I've tried everything. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm drained. I have nothing left. And she's on the side of the road feeling sorry for herself at the end of the road thinking, you know what, I- I'm done. I might as well just die here. Wh- what, is, what else is there to do? And as she's thinking about all the bad things and all the bad luck that she's had and the horrible condition that she's in, she notices from the side of her eye, there's a crowd beginning to walk. And as the crowd begins to walk, it catches her attention. It distracted her from her pain to see that a crowd was forming. And the Bible says in the following verse, when she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, a better translation we see would be when she overheard people talking about Jesus. She's sitting here literally dying at the end of her hope She's got no option. She's got nothing left to do. And just as she's about to give up, she begins to hear people talking about Jesus. Where are you going? Oh, man, that's Jesus. Who's he? Oh, he's the man. He's the one that he he healed my my cousin Vicky. What? Yeah. And, And then there was this guy that was like full of the devil and he just like spoke to him and like the devil fled out and there was this guy that was dead and he spoke and he woke he woke up i'm not kidding and people are talking people are following jesus and they're talking about the things that jesus had done hear me again people are following jesus but they're not quietly following jesus as they're taking steps following jesus they're talking about the things they had seen and done him do and so they're beginning to say where and so they're just talking they're just talking about jesus they're just sharing what god has done in their lives they're sharing about what they saw him do they they, they see you know he healed this person and remember the person over there the lady in the corner they're talking about jesus and as they're just talking about jesus she happens to be on 
the side of the road at the end of her rope and she overhears them talking about Jesus that's why church if you're walking with Jesus don't walk quietly behind them talk about the things that God has done testify of the goodness of God when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me my soul cries out what hallelujah there's a praise that comes out and so people are talking about the things Jesus has done the things that they have seen and she's just there curled up you know ready to die and she hears and just the hearing that there's a healer just the hearing that there's somebody that has the power to change my trajectory just the thought that there is someone that can completely change my course of my life just hearing Jesus about Jesus which leads you to believe she had no idea who he was she wasn't there for Jesus she was there to die Jesus's movie was about Jairus's daughter that wasn't a movie about her but yet she hears about Jesus and she thinks to herself I've tried everything but I haven't tried that I spent everything on everything else, but I haven't tried this. Can I remind you, child of God, there are people you know. There are people you work with. There are people in your block. There are people in your family that quietly have tried everything to get to a better place, and nothing has worked. But if you would just open up your mouth and talk to them about what Jesus has done for you, maybe they'll say, you know what? I'll give it a chance. How many people have come to church just to check it out? Fine, fine, fine. I'll, I'll go with you. Some of you were them. There's something about a moment of desperation. There's something about being in a place where you're just about hopeless. They'll give anything a chance. And there's people like that in your life that you cannot be quiet about Jesus with. So she hears this, and she comes up behind them in the crowd. And I could just picture her. She's now, now mind you, you know this. If you bleed a lot, you have no strength. Constant bleeding and hemorrhaging. Now, mind you, this is not just for 12 minutes. This is 12 years. So you could imagine She's weak. She doesn't have the strength to walk. She, it's not like she can just leap over Michael, Jordan, everybody and get to Jesus. I picture her on the ground in a puddle of blood. But there's a little bit of hope that just rises up within her just from hearing about Jesus. And then she says, notice this, and then she, she thought to herself, if I can just touch his clothes, I don't need him to know my name. I don't need him to be my best friend. I don't even need the story to be about me. He can go on with his journey. The movie can go on. But while he's walking, if I can just reach and just touch a bit of him, I don't need all of him, just a bit of him. I, I don't even need him to look at me. I, I don't even need him to touch me. 
I don't even, I don't even, oh, people say, some people say, oh, I need a word from God. I need him to touch. No, 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 no. You just need to touch him. If I can just touch the edge of his cloak, if I can just touch him, I will be healed. She hadn't tried that. She was desperate enough to crash somebody else's story. She was desperate enough to insert herself into something that had nothing to do with her. But you know when you're desperate, you'll do just about anything. And you can picture her crawling her way to Jesus. And she's going and the crowd's getting bigger and the crowd's getting tighter. And she's trying to, I'm picturing not just the issue of blood. I'm picturing bloody, uh, bloody knees and bloody elbows trying to find how get to somehow touch him and people tripping over her and stepping on her but such was her need have you ever have you ever have you ever needed Jesus that badly she makes her way to Jesus because she said if I can just touch him I will be healed she had the faith and I want to remind us because, you know, this church is growing. This church is going to continue growing. But the way it grows is enough people have to have faith to believe and faith to act. A lot of us have faith to believe. But you got to act in accordance to your faith. Pastor, pray for me. I need a job. Okay. Have you filled out an application? No, just pray for me. <laughs> Never pray for God to do the things you should do. Pray for God to do the things you can't do. You partner with God. You, you don't ask him to, he, he, he is not going to go fill up your application. <laughs> oh, I'm praying for this test, Pastor. Pray that I can get a good, get, have you studied? No, I'm just praying. Pray a little, study a lot, right? But a lot of times, we put it all on God. Let God do the God things. You do your part. Matter of fact, don't go to God until you've done your part. At least that's how I live my life. Hey, God, I've done this. Now I need you to step in. Now I need the big guns now. I've done the little stuff. You need to do the big stuff. I, I can't do that. That's, like, that's, like your, that's a God thing. And, and, and so she had faith. She had a little bit of hope. All of a sudden, like she hadn't had hope in 12 years. Like nothing had worked. And she's like, you know what? I don't know who he is, but I'm, I'm desperate enough. I'm, I'm going to try this. And, and she, she crawls her way to Jesus. She finally gets them thinking, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. The Bible says in Mark 5, 29, immediately. Everybody say immediately. As she does that, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. God wants you to know what he's done. And I love this. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? The disciples being logical. said, Jesus, everybody touch your clothes. Like, you're swarmed. Like, you're in the middle of a pack. Like, everybody's pushing and grabbing and tugging at you. And then you ask, who touched me? 
there was something about the way in which she touched Jesus. I get concerned for us as Christians that especially in beautiful churches like this with beautiful worship teams that we run the risk that the glorious things, the divine things become ordinary. It's just what we do. Yeah, God shows up. Hallelujah. It's, it's cool. It happened with the children of Israel. The Bible says that when they were going through the wilderness, at night there was a cloud of fire that provided light and kept them warm. During the day, God brought a cloud to protect them from the beating sun and they could march and travel. And every day at night, a, pyre, a, a pillar of fire would descend from heaven. And every day a cloud would come and hover over them and protect them from the sun. Day after day after day. God was so faithful, so good, so consistent, so predictable, that after a while, people would say, what's that? as eh, the fire. It's always there. What's that cloud, man? Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a cloud. It's the cloud. It's always there. Always been there since I was a kid. Always been there. If you, if you were raised in church, say amen. amen. You know how the divine can become ordinary? What happens here is not ordinary. God comes and he heals hearts. God comes and he changes lives. God comes and he restores marriages. God comes and he changes people's direction. That's not normal. That's God. And, and I encourage you, always appreciate, never undermine, never neglect the blessing you and I have to come into the presence of God. Because when we're worshiping God, I felt it today. I know you felt it today. When we were singing about his life, his name is power and his name is healing and his name is life that's not normal you're not gonna get that at the restaurant you're not gonna get that at the shop you're not gonna get that advance but when you come into a place where God is invited and God begins to do God things that's a beautiful thing that's not ordinary and so the, the, the people were just like it was Jesus and they were pressing it's just Jesus yeah it's Jesus there was something up by the way she touched them there was something about the way that she approached. There was something about the way she reached out to him that changed everything. So much so that not only did she believe that if she would touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed. Jesus felt power come out of him. Hundreds of people touched him. But there was something about the way she touched him. There was something about her faith that allowed power to flow to her. And it's that moment of connection that moment of divine connection where they both knew something happened that I want to lead you to today. When you come to church, don't just come to church. Come to church looking for that moment. Come to church when you pray in your house. Don't just pray like a laundry list of things. Pray and, and, and seek that moment where you can connect with God because that's when things change. And, and sometimes, you know, you, 
people would want you to think you got to be in the best place for that to happen. That only happens to really good people. That only happens to the ones that flew away that are holy. That only happens when you're really acting right. No, sometimes God can give you a God moment even when you don't deserve it and you haven't been good and you've been messed up and you're all confused. Even in that moment, when you reach out with that level of desperation, God always shows up. I remember when I was about 22 years old, I was in college, and uh, I, uh, my dad was a pastor, so the last thing I wanted to do was be a pastor. God's got a sense of humor. So I went to business school. I'm getting a graduate degree in corporate tax. And I'm on my way to do a business career and not ministry. That's not my thing. But as I'm going to college, being raised in church, I had never questioned my faith. I had been surrounded in this beautiful Christian apostolic Pentecostal bubble. Remember those days when we were the only ones that would go to heaven? You feel bad for everybody else? <laughs> you drive around town, see all these other churches, like, oh, <laughs> Just us. I've been in this bubble. And then in college, I started taking classes on philosophy and logic. And I'm being taught by professors that are atheists. And they're not just questioning God, they're mocking God. And I would sit in class, and I would literally like, like go back and say, okay, here comes the lightning. This guy's going to get hit, like hard, like how dare you? And I would go to class, and I remember one time, this professor in a logic class says, you know, Christians, they're so cute. She was an atheist, and she says, you know, when they pray, God help me with this test. God help me with this test. Help me with this. Help me do good on this. Help me do good on this test. God help me do good on this test. He goes, There's no God. But that repetition subconsciously almost forces them to study harder. And then they actually do good on the test. And they thank God. When it was really their own mind. And at the moment, I'm like, I know where she's going to go. <laughs> My bubble. But you know what happened? I'd go to church after that, and people come to the altar, and I come to the altar, and I say to myself, I'm talking to myself. There is no God. I'm too smart for this. A pastor's son leading the choir. Coming to church. Messed up in my mind. And I remember I came to a point where I was just so torn, so confused. 22 years old. I'm not a minister. I'm just a kid going to church. And we went to the service in Stockton. They used to have these things called landmark. And, and, and uh, my friends from church wanted to go. I didn't want to go. And they were trying everything to convince me to go. 
And the way they convinced me had nothing to do with God. They're like, hey, there's like 2,000 Christians. You had me at Christians. So I go, and I go to the service. And I'm sitting in the very last row of this huge auditorium. Very last row. The service is good. The singing's good, just like it is here. Oh, it's good, it's good. And I'm just, you know, I'm popping. I'm going with it. And then the sermon starts, and the preacher starts preaching. And I'm, I'm distracted. I'm not really paying much attention. Um, and the service is about to end. They're going to do an altar call. And uh, my friends who were not there for the altar call, they're like, tap me. It's like, Sam, let's go. So where are we going? It's like, let's go to the restaurant because it's going to get full. You remember you said, like, go first because everything gets full. It's like, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And I'm like, okay, okay, hold on. Hold on. But I just like, so I started praying. It's okay, one last time. This is sign off. One last time. And I bowed my head. And I said, God, one last time. If you're real, I need you to get a hold of my hand. I need to know. I need to know you're real. And I lift my hands just like this. And that's all I said. And I had my eyes closed. People are at the altar. God's moving. But I'm just way by myself in the last row. As my eyes are closed, I saw this cloud over me. And I could see my hand reaching out in this cloud over me. And all of a sudden, I saw this huge hand. Yeah, it's like I'm right there. Pierced through the crowd. Pierced through the cloud. And like it got a hold of my hand and it felt real. Like I could feel it and it freaked me out. And I opened my eyes. Like, what in the world? And as I opened my eyes, I, was, I got scared. I honestly got scared. I'm like, the preacher who was on stage, like 30 rows in front jumped off the stage and he went through people like this. He was like, he was like a running back going through people. He actually stepped on four or five rows like over rows to get to the very last row. It was Brother Stone King and he put his hand on my, I didn't know who he was. He put his hand on my head and he said, son, you finally got a hold of him. It changed my life it changed my trajectory I would not be here if not for that moment when I reached out with desperation and it was literally like that woman if I can just get a glimpse I desperately need something I don't know where you're at tonight or this morning I don't know what your level of desperation is. All I'm telling you is that there are divine moments that God orchestrates in our lives 
so that when the tough time comes, you can get a hold of him. I had no idea I'd be a pastor. I had no idea of anything. I was just a college student. But God knew. That's what happens when you reach out to God with that level of intensity. So I want to encourage you, church, children of God, don't just come to church to check a box. Come to church wanting a moment. It could be in the middle of the first song. It could be before the song even starts. There's moments that God wants to give you if you reach out in faith. So I want to pray so we all stand for those moments. She was healed. Her suffering stopped. Her life changed because of a moment. So right now, I want to encourage you right there where you're at would you just close your eyes would you lift your hands would you worship him in spirit and in truth right here right now God there's somebody here under this tent that's desperate enough that needs you deeply I pray by the authority of the word of God and by the power in the name of Jesus that you will remind them of who you are that you will remind them of who they are God that they would establish a connection with you God that they would make up their mind that from this day forward they will reach out to you with everything that they would share of your goodness that they would speak of your greatness that they would reach out with power and authority God that it wouldn't just be a casual service that would not be casual worship that it would never just get old but that we would reach out to you with all of our heart with a desire to connect with you in a way that will transform our lives right here right now in the name of Jesus do God what only you can do let your power let your anointing let your goodness flow in this place God get a hold of those that are reaching out to you do a miracle do the transformation get a hold of their hand like never before change us transform us equip us fill us with your spirit in the name of Jesus we reach out to you today God I just need to get a hold of the hem of your garment I, I just need a touch I just need a connection let me know you love me let me know you haven't forgotten about me let me know you're still calling my name hallelujah speak to our hearts jesus speak to our hearts come on reach out reach out reach out reach out stretch out stretch out get your blessing get your healing get your deliverance get your power get what you need get your answer here today jesus is in the house jesus is in the building reach out to him we need you jesus we need you 
We need you, God. Speak life. Speak life. Speak life. Speak life. Give me direction. Guide me, Lord. Give me the answer, Jesus. I need you. Guide my steps. Guide my next steps, Jesus. Speak to my life. Do it, Jesus. Do it, Jesus. Do it right here in this moment. In this moment, change our heart. In this moment, heal our body. In this moment, transform our direction. In this moment, change our destiny. Do what only you can do. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, press, 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 press your way through. Press your way through. Press your way through. Get to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the church. Love you. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.